Welcome to the Life Point Church podcast. So I do appreciate you being here with us. And I want to start off this morning. I just believe um, I got something from heaven for you this morning. And um, so I want you to receive that. Last weekend, we wrapped up a series called um, This Is Us, and it was a series just about our core values. And so there are some gray containers, and I think they're on this side of the room. If you just take one of these cards and you can pass it all the way across, the reason why I'm telling you to do that, I forgot to do that last week. Um, They hurried up and got those cards made for me, and um, I I forgot all about it. And that's just our core values that we've been speaking on for the last few weeks. Just a good reminder to keep that with you. That's um, just the, the essence of our church and our the guiding principles that we minister with. And I just realized that I left my glasses in my car, so I'm going to um, make this really big on my iPad. <laughs> I'm like, why is everything blurry? It's the glory of God. Yeah, okay, well, I do believe that, but it's also I forgot my glasses. If you were here with us last weekend, I shared with you what our vision is for 2020. And every year, God just gives me a tagline or he drops just a phrase in my heart uh, to speak to you and over you for the new year. And so go with me to Joel chapter 2. I'm going to read three verses out of Joel chapter 2. And um, I'm going to teach you and preach you up this morning, get you full of God. Is that all right? And um, and so this is just a continuation of what I um, just started sharing with you last week. And so if God gives, up, gives me a word for you for the year and I declare it, what I encourage you to do is grab it and take it as yours and make it the flag of your life for 2020. In 2019, God told us it's a year of happenings. I believe there's a lot that happened. And if you're happening, didn't happen yet, um, God doesn't end when the ball drops at midnight, right? He's not restricted by a calendar. Um, I do believe what is sown in one season is harvested in the next seasons, right? So um, God's, God's up to your happenings. But Joel chapter 2, verse 25 says, and I will restore. Everyone say restore. restore. Or replace. A, a different way of saying that, an accurate way of saying that is I will compensate. I will compensate you for the years that the locust has eaten, the hopping locusts, the stripping locusts, the crawling all the locusts. And what that means is there was this destruction that came, and it um, attacked the fields of God's people. So it, it restrained, restricted, in some cases held back or destroyed harvest for, for a, a period of time. But God, uh, in God's goodness and God's graciousness, how I many know oh, God's a good God and he restores? He's a God of restoration. Verse 26, and then you shall eat in plenty... And you will be satisfied, and you will praise the name of the Lord your God who dealt wondrously with you, and my people will never be put to what? Shame. Verse 27, and you will know, and you will understand, and you will realize that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I, the Lord your God, uh, (coughs) I am the Lord your God, and there is none else, and my people shall never be put to shame. God's a God of restoring. He's not a God of shame. Thank you for your enthusiasm. He's not a God of shame. He's a God of what? He's a God of restoration. So I want to declare to you, prophesy to you, that 2020 is our year of restoration. It's our year of restoration. Now, you need to get a little more excited than that. If you're watching on YouTube right now or you're watching later on social media um, or one of the recordings, I declare to you, too, that it's your year of restoration. Now, restoration 
is the act of returning something to its owner, its former place, its former condition. And so uh, God is a God of restoration. And that means he's restoring dreams. He's restoring desires. He's restoring resources. He's restoring relationships. He's restoring health. He's restoring wealth. God's a restorer. He restores property. He restores promises. He restores joy. He restores peace. And 2015, thank you. There you are. <laughs> For my next trick. Um, in 2015, I saw this in, in my journal the other day. God told me to tell you that God would restore as long as we did not make him or make ourselves a victim. Things can happen. As long as you don't take on the banner of a victim, God can restore. And, and, and we do that at times. We just need to repent over that. And remember, we're not a victim. But God is a God of restoration. And in this next season, there's going to be a particular proving of God in your life that he's a God of restoration. Amen. And just because I said that last week and everyone got excited and some of you may know exactly what that might mean to you. Some of you are maybe trying to seek that out. But just because you got excited about it and just because I declared that um, doesn't make it happen. You understand that, right? This, so what we need to do is put faith to that word. Do not say, well, we'll just sit back and see and just watch God do whatever. Well, we got to put our faith to it. Amen? So I want you to put your faith to God restoring things in your life in 2020. I want you to put your faith to it. So I want to teach you this morning what God gave me just to teach you how to put faith out there for restoration. So take good notes. Are you ready? 1 Peter chapter 5, let's start in verse number 6. If you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. That's a mouthful. We'll just keep moving, right? Verse 7. Pour out all of your worries and your stress on him and leave them there, for he always tenderly cares for you. Verse 8. Be well balanced. And always alert because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Verse 9, take a, take a decisive stance against him. Resist his every attack with a strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters all around the world are going through the same kinds of troubles that you've been enduring. Verse 10, and then. Everybody say, and then. There's an and then moment coming your way. And then, after your brief, doesn't feel brief when you're in it, does it? But and your brief <laughs> suffering, after your brief suffering, the God of all loving what? Grace, who has called you to share in his glory, will personally and powerfully do what? restore you and make you stronger than there's also an ever in your season yes he'll set you firmly in place he'll build you up and he has all the power needed to do this forever after a brief season by grace he will personally and powerfully do what restore 
and actually make it stronger. So let me just tell you how to have some restoration faith for the next few moments. Everyone say restoration faith. Got three points like usual. One, restoration faith means this, that we rely on the restorative nature of God. We rely. If you're going to experience something that's beyond your control, out of your hands, and you got to put faith to it, there comes a reliance just on the fact that God's a restorative God. It's just the nature of God to restore. Y'all got that? It's his nature. It's how God rolls. It's just the way God is made up. He's a restorative God. It's in the nature of God to restore you. Don't make me come down. I can't come down there because i got to stay up here because of the cameras. If not, I'd be in your grill on that row. But it's the nature of God to restore, the restorative nature of God. Actually, the Bible says this in the book of of Luke, it also says this in the book of Matthew. It says, He came to seek and save that which was. That, that was the whole personal mission statement of Jesus. He came to seek. Everyone say seek. The word seek is an intense word, it means that He comes with intensity to investigate and find, looking for something that He has to have. You ever been looking for something that you have to have, right? It's an intense word. It means he came to seek out, to investigate, to uncover, to pursue. And once he seeks it, he's going to save it. That means he rescues it to safety. He finds something that's in need of rescuing, someone that's in need of rescuing. He seeks it out with intensity. He finds it and restores it to a place of safety. The word sozo, the word for salvation, means to safely rescue that which was lost. The word lost can mean destroyed, wasted, trashed. It's the nature of the devil to trash, waste, and destroy, but it's the nature of God to restore and put back in place. The devil comes or the thief comes to steal kill, destroy, but Jesus came to what? Restore, give life, and life that's abundant, life that overflows. That's the nature of Jesus. That's the uh, 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 restorative nature of the God that we serve. He's a restoring God. He does. He restores our blessings. He restores what's stolen from us. It's the restorative nature of God. The Bible says in the book of Galatians that he became a curse for us, that he could remove the curse from you, that so that the blessing of Abraham could come on the Jews and the Gentiles. That's the restorative work of Jesus. Jesus was the restorative manifestation of God. It's just the nature of God. And you could, what, the reason why I'm saying this so passionately is because if, if you need restoration, you've got to rely on a source that, is, that has the ability and the desire to restore. And it's the nature of our God to be restorative. So the question that comes up in my mind is how? Does Jesus restore? How does God restore? And throughout the Bible, we see that God restores to his people when they have hardships, when they have faith, and God makes up for those losses. How does God make up for those losses? By giving them more than they had previously. He doesn't just take it back. He takes it back and does it better than it was before. But how does God do that? How would a God do that to us who sometimes create our own messes? And how does God do it when it looks impossible? 
And how does God do it in the lives of people who are um, in many times so broken and fragile? How, would, how does God Almighty, a good, loving, just, holy God, how does he restore people who aren't so holy sometimes, who mess up, or things happen in our lives, or, or we have relational breakdowns, or we lose our dreams, or we lose our desires, or all these things? How does God do it? I, I, we just read a moment ago, he does it by his grace. And grace means the favor of God, the unmerited goodness of God that we didn't earn, we don't deserve, and we can't pay him back for. That's how God does it, his grace. We've learned this, that every promise comes into our lives by putting faith in the grace of God, the goodness of God, the favor of God. So how does God do it? God does it by his grace, and he does it by his favor. You say, how can that be? It's the restorative nature of God. It's just the nature of God to be full of grace. It's just the nature of God to be full of goodness. It's just the nature of God to favor us. So I'm going to make a really, really bold statement to you. Y'all ready for this? Somebody write this down, get the tattoo, something. Jesus has the ability to reverse. Plain and simple. In my terms, simple terms, Jesus has the ability to reverse. Actually, we could quit right there. We could pray. We could go home. Because how many know that's a good word? He has the ability to reverse. He has the ability to reverse fortune in our lives. He has the ability to reverse position in our lives. He has the ability to reverse what was stolen in our lives. And not just take it back and give it back, but do above and beyond. It's just the restorative nature of God. And to have faith for God to bring restoration in your life, in your next season, we have to rely on a God that has the nature to restore. That's where faith for restoration starts. So whatever it is in your life that jumps up as an image in your mind as far as restoration, it could be in in your physical body. It could be in a relationship. It it could be in your emotions. It it, it could be in your pocketbooks. Whatever area that it might be, you can can have faith for restoration because we can rely on a God who has a restorative nature. Man, I'm more excited about that than you are. If we didn't have a God who had a restorative nature, we could not rely on him. Second thing I want you to know, or first of all, everyone say rely. rely. On a God who has a restorative nature. Number two, everyone say expect. Expect, expect God's restorative power. We read about it a moment. He's going to personally, by his power, restore. So if he, he has to have the nature to do that and want to do that, then we, so we can expect the restorative power of Jesus, the restorative power of our God. Amen? Amen. All right, here we go. Y'all are sleepy. Let's go. Let's wake up here. This is, um, this is exciting. Isaiah says this. I love this passage of Scripture. Um, everyone just open your hearts. Receive this. Here we go. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me. This is something Jesus quoted in the book of Luke. He said, the Spirit of the Lord God is on me because... I'm anointed to preach good tidings to the poor, and he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are what? Bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of the vengeance of our God, and to comfort everyone who mourns. And look at verse 3. To console those who mourn in Zion and give them beauty for their ashes. All you got to give him is the ashes. He gives you what? The beauty. And look at the next one. The oil of joy for mourning. All you got to give him is some, some tears, but he's got joy to give you. Look at the next one. The garment of what? Praise for your oppression. 
that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I'm, I'm going to read verse 3 to you again. To console those who are mourning. Anyone have some, I'm sure what you need restored in your life has caused you some mourning. It could have been actual tears. It, it could have been a lot of grief. It could have been a lot of thoughts. It could have been a lot of a heartache. But he says, I'm, I'm going to console those who mourn. And for the ashes, I'm going to give you beauty. That's the power of a restorative God. That's the power of the restorative nature of God for him to give you something good when all you can give him is a pile of ashes. And joy for your tears. I'm going to bring you, I'm going to restore joy in your life where there were tears. And I'm going to bring peace and praise where there was heaviness in your life. Someone say, I'll take that. That's the restorative power. I'm telling you, this is how you put faith for your restoration. We can rely on a restorative God, and we need to expect. You need to expect. Everyone say, I expect. I expect. The restorative, restorative power of God, power of God. to change things. And expectation, that's what faith is. And when God restores, he brings things not just to the condition they were before, but better. He multiplies. He demands greater. Job, it says this in the book of Job, for Job's trouble, he actually got double. Leviticus says this, up to five times. And Proverbs says this, if you find the thief, he has to pay even from his own resources the fine up to seven times in your life. If you can identify the thief in your life, you can put a demand anywhere from double for your trouble to up to five times, up to seven times. That's the restorative nature of God. Anyone got some stuff? Then we ought to believe. We ought to believe up to seven times God's going to restore. It means beyond measure. This is what was stolen. I can't measure the restoration that God's done, God's doing in this next season of your life. Now, I, I went and studied out the word restore, and I got a bunch of words that go along with it. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this list of words. And if it means something particular to you after you hear that word, I just want you to say amen. The word amen, we just throw it around in church, but here's what it means. I'll take it. So be it. I don't want you to say it for every one of these words because it will lose meaning. Yeah, I'll just take them all. Just amen, amen. No, I, if it means something particular to the image or the picture or the thing that you have gone through that you're believing God, I just want you to no, know, don't do it for every one of them. I know someone's going to do it, but don't, don't do it. When I say it, if it means something particular to your heart, I just want you to be amen. I'll take it. Ready? Here's this list. Refresh. Renew. Recharge, repair, recreate. These are words that all go along with the word restore. Resuscitate, reclaim, redo, a makeover, an overhaul, to rehabilitate, to redesign, redevelop, regenerate rejuvenate, reinvigorate, redeem, repair, revive, replace, return, recover, remodel, and even re-engineer. 
That's the restorative power of God. He can do those things. And maybe you need, you need, I need a repair, or I need a remodel, or I need it rejuvenated, or it may have to be reinvigorated, or it may need um, recreated. That's the restorative nature of God. How do, we, how do we have faith for our year of restoration? Well, one, I'm going to rely on the restorative nature of God. Sometimes you can't even rely on your nature. You've got, re, you got to rely on the restorative nature of God. And then you've got to put an expectancy on the restorative power of God. Because God can do something you can't do. And how many know the enemy can bring a lot of destruction? But God, God can repair over and above what the enemy has the power to destroy. He doesn't want to just take it back. He wants to take it back and make it better than it was. Not just back to its former uh, condition, but better than it was before. To look remodeled, rebranded, recreated, reinvigorated, reengineered, resuscitated. He can do it with a dream. He can do it with a promise. He can do it with your joy. He can do it with your peace. He can do it with your resources. He can do it in your health. He can do it in your wallet. Amen? Amen. And you are a tough crowd this morning. Everybody say rely. rely. Expect. Here's the last one. I have to cooperate with God's restorative plan. Rely, expect, and cooperate. So we're going to, we've been, last week we started off the end of, of the message and everyone was here last weekend to hear what I was going to say about 2020 and I said it's a year of restoration. Everybody started going crazy. Ooh. And you should. You should be excited. Because you can rely on a God. It's just the nature of God to restore. And he has the power. Everyone believe he's got power? He has the power to restore. But we need to cooperate with the plan that God has to bring restoration. Everybody say cooperate again. Here's an interesting thing. You and I, man, we, we are the recipient of God's restorative work. But we're also participants in the restorative work. Let me just give you a couple of examples of that. So how many know we were the recipient of being saved? We, we, we were the recipient of the plan that God made for us to be saved and born again so we don't have to go to hell. We're saved. We're Christians. We're Christ followers. We received that grace. And that's the ultimate work of restoration. If God can restore a sinful nature in your life, God can restore relationships. If he can restore that part. So we're the recipient of that great grace. Amen? But we're also called to be a witness of that great grace. So we're not only the recipients, we're participators. Let me, let me put it another way. Second Corinthians says this, above all things, you have been made a brand new what? Creation. It means a species that didn't exist before. He did a brand new creative work in your life. You're the recipient of his creative work. He recreated you. You were reborn or born again. Why were you born again? First time was sinful. I'll just say it this way. Um, don't be offended by this, but you were born to lose. You were reborn to win. So you've been born again. Why? Because you needed a spiritual birth. 
and you're a brand new creation. You go a few verses after that, it says something like this, and now you are an ambassador or a special messenger of reconciliation. What's that? That's restoration. So you have been a recipient of it, and now you're a messenger of it. You're an ambassador of it. Or in other words, we could say it this way. The nature of God is in you. So you're a part of God's, not only the target of his restoration, but you are a helper or you're an agent of restoration. I believe it not only is something that God graced you with, but he graced you for. If we are believers, then we've been restored. Then part of our response is that we are restorative people. And man, how many times does the church get so far away from a restorative mission? We become judgmental. We become bitter. We become finger pointers. Even in our lives as individuals, things can happen where our hearts get hard. And we lose that restorative nature. Because that's what, at the bottom line, isn't that what it's all about? I mean, the mission of Jesus was to come and seek out and save that which needed restored. And you needed restored. He made you a brand new creation. And now he said, I've given you a special assignment. Now you help me restore. And I do believe that there are things in your life this year that God particularly has a due season on restoration. I do believe in your life. I know a lot of times it comes down to relational things. It includes all the things I've said, but a lot of times it comes down to relational things. H- how many would flip your hand up real quick and say, what I envision when you talked about restoration, in some way it did, re- it did include a relationship. Now, almost the whole room. Almost the whole room. So we got to cooperate. If we want to put faith toward restoration, it starts with relying on a God who's restorative. It continues with an expectancy, but we got to cooperate with the plan. And so as I finished up this message the other day, some things jumped out to me that I felt like I needed to say. It went a whole different way in my closing. And so I'm just going to share with you what I sensed I needed to say today. One thing that keeps our faith from working is unforgiveness. It says that in the book of Mark, unforgiveness. We want God to restore, especially in relationships, then I think that means for us, if we're restorative people, there's this thing called forgiveness. Which means we have to stay away from the bitterness. Now now listen to what I wrote down. We can't receive, and it keeps our faith from working. And here's what it means. we got to let it go, we got to drop it, and we got to leave it. It means cancel the debt. If we want God to do a restorative work in our lives, and maybe the restorative thing you're believing for is financial, but we got to check our hearts and make sure that there's nothing that's going to keep our faith from working And I think if we check, we might find some bitterness in our lives. If we've been living long enough and dealt with people long enough, there might be some bitterness. And I think the word of the Lord is this for us. Going into this season, let's drop it. Let's let it go. Let's cancel that debt. 
let's leave it. In the book of Mark where it talks about our faith working, it goes right from our faith working to talking about forgiving. And it says this, that we have to pull up the sycamine tree by the roots. Now, I've preached on this before. The reason why Scripture talks about that kind of tree, it's, it's actually very interesting, it's, it's, but it's very, um, I think, very strategic because the sycamine tree would grow in very desert, um, very arid places, and it had a very deep root system. And how we know that things can get in us like disappointment and unforgiveness and bitterness, and we sometimes can get a little finger pointy, and we're asking God to restore but sometimes his nature is not freely working in us, and it's got some roots to it. And we got to be willing to pull that stuff up by the roots. Not just trim, not just prune it, pull it up by the roots. Are y'all still with me? That, that sycamine tree also had some other meanings. The wood was very hard of that tree, and it was actually used for casket building. If we're not alert and we're not aware some of the things we're we're going to shout for restoration but we got some things working over here that's going to keep some stuff dead we got to pull it up we got to let it go or it's going to build some caskets in our lives and the other thing about that tree was the fruit of that tree they called it the they call it the poor man's fruit because it was sort of um, easy access and poor people would eat it but it had a very bitter taste because it was pollinated by the sting of a wasp and if we're not careful, that thing will continue to sting us and be bitter in our lives. And I know when we preach about forgiveness and we preach about letting things go and we preach about leaving things and, and, and that sort of message, sometimes we have a tendency to think we don't need to do that. That's for someone else. Here's the thing I've learned about forgiveness. Have you ever noticed this? Sometimes you've got to keep pulling it up by the roots. You may have thought you pulled it up. And then a few months later, you're like, I gotta keep pulling that up. I gotta keep let I just really have to let it go. It's gotta be okay, and I gotta let it go because I don't want it to stop what God wants to restore in your life in 2020. Listen to this statement. If we don't let it go, we keep giving the enemy a right to keep us in an unhealthy place. And it's interesting that science and medicine is sort of catching up with these spiritual principles because they say in our life things like unforgiveness I've actually heard this statistic that they, they say that up to 75 up to 95% of sicknesses and illnesses can be traced to negative thinking associated with unforgiveness it, it, it can keep um, cancer killing cells from working in our lives. So it's, it's more than just physical. It's, it's actually a very spiritual thing. And Ephesians says this, we got to let it go, all the bitterness, all the anger. That doesn't mean you have to approve of what happened. doesn't mean it ever erases from your mind. We've got to take those roots and keep pulling them up. Because if we don't, and you probably heard me say this before, unforgiveness is like someone did something to you, but you drank the toxins expecting it to hurt somebody else. And we, we've got to let some things go. They could have been recent. They could have been years ago. They could have re-manifested. But we've got to let these things go and cooperate with God in his restorative plan in our lives. 
So it's easy to come in here when I declare our 2020 year restoration and just have this thought like, well, God's just going to give back to me because I went through some heartache. God does want to not just give back. He wants to go above and beyond in our lives. And the reason I say that because it's just his nature. And it is his power. But I believe we need to cooperate with God in our lives and make sure for God to really, really, really do a restorative work in us, we've got to let some stuff go. We've got to leave some stuff. We've got to cancel some debts. We've got to make ourselves in a place where God can restore us. That stuff's not worth holding on to. If it happened, if it came against you, if it was a roadblock, if it was a stung block, come on, guys, we've got to let it go. That's how God does things. And if we let it go, God lets loose those things in our lives. Let me read you a really cool scripture to end all this on. Right? So um, um, I, I read to you from the book of Joel. God's going to restore what the locust destroyed. And, and it says what the locust restored, and it says God will never put you to shame, right? So we're, we're gonna, I want to declare something to you, right? I believe God wants to bring you, if, if we can cooperate with the plan of God, he wants to bring you into a season of rest. And I got, for those of you, forgive me for the acronyms, but here's what rest stands for. Restore everything Satan took. He wants to bring you to a place of rest where he is restoring. Now, he's done that spiritually. Amen. He's done that spiritually. But there are some things materialistically. There are some things relationally. There are some things emotionally. There are some things financially. There are some things where he wants to bring you into a season of rest out of the torment, out of that stage, and bring you to rest, which means restore everything Satan took. Let's say it together. Restore Okay, so I want, there, there, in the book of Joel, in that chapter, after those few verses, there's a very, very um, important few scriptures. They're actually repeated in the book of Acts about the season you're in. And, it, it, and it's an afterward scripture. You ready for it? Verse 28 and verse 29. So, so just don't read it yet. Everybody look at me. <laughs> Dramatic moment, okay? So here's what we're, here's, here's what we're saying. Thank you for taking that off the screen. Here's what I'm saying to you. We have a God whose nature is to restore. And we have a God whose power has the capacity to restore. And we have a God who has a restorative plan that all we got to do is get into cooperation with. We got to let some stuff go. Somebody hurt you. We got we to let it go. We got to cancel some debts. We got to receive some forgiveness to bring us to a place of rest. Well, what happens what happens when God declares, I'm going to restore what is ruining your harvest? If you can get in faith, I'm going to restore so there's no shame. I'm going to bring you to a place of rest. And, and then what happens after that? Ready? Verse 28. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit. Did you all get that? And afterwards, what will I do? I will pour out my spirit. The uh, New Testament is in the book of Luke, and I love how it reads. It says, and I will pour, it says, and it will come to pass that I will pour out of my spirit. If he poured out his spirit, that means there's none left. If he's pouring out of it, it means what? There's plenty. I'm going to pour out of my spirit. God follows restoration. He follows your cooperation. He follows your faith with what? Pouring out of his spirit. This is exciting. I will pour out of my spirit. Afterward, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. And let's take a poll. Any sons in here? Okay, any daughters? Pretty much all, right? So I, I will pour out 
on my sons and daughters, and they're going to do what? They're going to prophesy. They're going to tell forth divine things. See, here's the deal. It's your season. See, prophecy means to declare the things of God. And when God puts you at a place of rest and reconciliation and restitution, you can just say what God says. You can prophesy over your next year. Instead of it being on top of you, you're above and not beneath. You can declare the divine counsels of God. God's going to pour out his spirit afterwards, after this restoring work, after you cooperate, after you're experiencing the power of the restorative God. Restorative of God and a restorative, he's restorate, he restores, he restores. That's what I'm trying to say. And I'm going to pour out on my sons and daughters and your old men. Don't raise your hand on that, but your old men, you're going to dream again. See, when you get too old and you stop dreaming, you stop the restorative work of God. God never calls you to retire. He never calls you to quit. Actually, you finally got, listen, you will notice this, the older you get, finally you got more to say. I don't know why anyone listened to me when I started preaching. I, I don't know what I had to say. I got something to say now that I'm in my 30s. I have more to say. God doesn't for, But when you've been through a season and you know the restorative work of God, you can start dreaming about more. So it's time to dream again. It's time to prophesy again. And look at this. Young men, you're going to see what? Visions. God's going to return visions and dreams, even on the men, even on the maidservants. In those days, I'm going to keep what? Pouring out of my spirit. I love this. It says, you'll predict future events pertaining especially to the kingdom of God. That doesn't have to be weird, flaky stuff. God's just going to let you predict the kingdom. Restored people. Restorative people who are the target of God's grace and they're the agent of God's grace have something to say in these last days. They're kingdom people. They can prophesy the kingdom. That's what I'm doing right now. Actually, you know what God told me to do in 2020? It's written, not in that journal, it's written in another one. He says, I just want you to prophesy restoration all year. Just prophesy it all year. So I'm prophesying it to you right now. Restoration in your life. But it has to be met with what? Faith got to be met with some faith. God, give us faith. God, enlarge our faith. God, restore. What if, let's go, let's go ahead and stand. What if, what if God's desire for restoration in your life, if he has the nature and he has the power, what if the tipping point depended on our faith? What if it depended on our willingness to cooperate with his plan? For some of you, here's what I'm sensing that means. You gotta be willing to receive God's goodness God's forgiveness. And for some of you, here's what I sense that means. You got to be willing to say, God, I'm going to pick up some dreams, pick up some desires. For some of you, it's going to have to be that you've let some disappointments down even toward God. For some of you, 
you need to recognize that it wasn't God. It was the destructive nature of the devil. And for some of you, you're going to have to cancel some debts and release some things and leave some things and let some things go and just keep them out of you and let them go. Because I'm, I'm, I'm prophesying to you, God's restoring some things. I'm sensing that there's some of you that have some issues even with a parent or family. God's going to restore. He's, I see him on the verge of it. And you letting it go is going to be the key. Even in, even in marriages, God's wanting to restore. Even in friendships, God's wanting to restore. God is a restorative God. Let's get involved in the plan. Come on. Look at someone and say, get in on the plan. The blessing and the plan, listen, some of what hurt you or has distracted you or disappointed you, listen to me, it's, it's heavy, I get it. It's hurtful, I get it. But if we can release it, if we can release it, we can receive it. Can't receive it like that. We gotta release it to receive it. Look at someone said, he's preaching to you. And then, listen to me, and then, and then, I'm gonna pour out of my spirit. You can read on in Acts, says you're going to see some things that will amaze you. Things will happen that will startle you. Come on. Anyone want his spirit poured out on your life? we got to let some stuff go so we can be a, a, a pot, a, an urn, a receptacle of what God wants to do. And there's just someone needs to let something go with somebody. I, I, I just sense it. Don't... don't think you're holding back them, but you're actually holding back you. Let, let it go. Look at someone say, let it go. Leave it. Come on. Let's do that this morning. It's a faith thing. Come on. It's a faith thing. It's a faith thing. You, 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 you can stand in here and you can feel it. You can let it go. And tomorrow morning, the picture comes back or the voice comes back. God, keep letting it go. By faith, I let it go. By faith, I uproot it. By faith, I cast it out. By faith, I'm keeping it out of my life. By faith, by faith. By faith. And if you keep doing that, rest keeps coming. Restoration keeps coming. Peace keeps coming. I, I, I said this last week. I, I believe God's restoring some people to this church that the enemy um, slandered out. I believe it with all my heart. And God's restoring people to your life. God's a restorative God. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your presence. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com.